Welcome to the Distro One Podcast, Episode 8, Calls of Prey. Welcome to the Distro One Podcast. This is Episode 8. Episode 8, the show that discusses a myriad of topics from across popular culture. This is the Distro One Podcast. I am your co-host, Franz, and with me as always... Justin. And coming up in this next half hour, we'll be talking about cosplay versus LARPing. Also look for another t-shirt of the month, and we're going to be giving a shout-out to comic book artist, illustrator, and graphic designer, Lauren Skinkiss. So, all right. So we've got some great stuff coming up for you. Yeah, we have a... Going going right into it. Cosplay. Or should I say costumed play? Cosuple. Cosuple, as they say in Japan. Uh, anyone who's been to comic book conventions, anime conventions, science fiction fantasy conventions, you always see people dressed up, men, women, young, old, dressing up as some of their favorite characters, be it from comics movies anime video games it's actually become pretty uh it's pretty popular pretty popular indeed and as the popularity increases the skill level uh and craftsmanship of some of these costumes is just amazing right well let's go in actually some of the history behind you know the the history the entomology of the of the of the name and also where this kind of was coined from um, well, there was a Worldcon in L.A. Uh, was uh, a, the biggest science fiction convention in the country. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, the term was coined. I think it was a uh, Worldcon 1984. Um, and we've got a gentleman here by the name of Kashiyaki. I'm Nobayuki. Nobayuki. Takahashi was the first man to coin the phrase cosplay, and he was coming from a. Uh, Studio Hard, out in Japan, he was the first man to actually, or I'm sorry, he uh, given the Japanese, it would be like you said, Kosupre. Kosupre. Kosupre would be the first, and kind of the, I get the technical linguistic term is portmanteau, which is you you take two two words, smash them together, and you make one new word. So cosplay coming from costumed play. And, yeah. We also, uh, while doing some research on cosplay, we discovered that, like, 1912 was one of the earliest recorded um, sci-fi costumes. Yeah, all the way back, all the way back from 1912, and that was coming out of, let's see, that was Tacoma, Washington. August Olson of Monroe, Washington, dressed up for a masked ball, and he... Uh, dressed up as a Skygak, um, as a character from Mars, uh, from a comic strip that was in the Times, and um, he also he had his picture in the Times dressed up as Skygak. Um, Mister Skygak from Mars was the name of the comic strip, if I remember correctly. Yep, coming out of Tacoma, the C- Tacoma Times, one of the first photographic uh, evidence of cosplay, all the way going back to 1912. And it's it's kind of taken over um, the conventions at times. Sometimes you'll right. go to like a comic book convention, right? And there'll be more people following around the cosplay um, characters, taking pictures and getting photos, than actually paying attention to the books and, yeah. the, and the activities that those characters are based on. Right. Right. Yeah. More people seem to. Be, I'm I'm surprised 
a lot of those cosplayers have any enjoyment at these shows because they're always stopping. It seems like every thirty seconds for people, especially the especially uh, the men and women that have those really elaborate, extremely high quality costumes that just look fantastic. Uh, they just they just stand around and just take just wait for people to take pictures of them all the time. So. Yeah, we were discussing earlier that. You know, sometimes you'll go and you'll see, like, a Halo character, you right. know? And the armor looks just like this guy stepped out of the game. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was a, it was a Chicago Wizard World Con back maybe 2005, 2006. I mean, the guy, I don't know how long he spent on it, but he, I mean, he had the gold mirrored visor. He had the double, you know, submachine bullet hoses. He looked like Master Chief that just popped, jumped out of the TV. It was great. And another big one, I remember it was a Pittsburgh Comic Con several years ago, where a couple a couple dressed up as the Monarch and Doctor Girlfriend of the Venture Brothers, oh, that's and fantastic. and they had like the whole the butterfly henchmen. They had this whole entourage of people, just great, like the, like the prosthetic noses and the chins, the make and and oh. And like, just the, the time that it would take, not only to conceptualize what you wanted to do, but like go, like disassemble those from like a drawing. Like you basically right. have to do a screenshot of whatever, and you have to design your, co you know, your costume from the screenshot of, of right. what you're looking at. Now, there are some, uh, <clears throat> there's some pretty cool software uh, packages out there. Yeah. Um, there's a software package called Pepacura. Okay. Uh, that allows you to do 3D rendering. Uh, and it will allow you to print them out as paper models that you can fold and shape into those shapes. Wow! And if you if you check on online on YouTube, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, how to videos on like how to take like a mask that you might make for Master Chief out of paper yeah. and like coat it and paint it so that it becomes a solid, almost plastic um, replica of armor. Um, so there's you can actually. Look into this. Uh, Pepecura, it only runs on Windows platforms currently. Okay. Um, there, I've also read that you can use a program called Blender, which is a another freeware program um, that will allow you to render items as 3D models and print them out on paper so that you can fold them and glue them together so that they'll be they'll be um, loaded like that. Yeah. Now there's Isaac again. Yeah. Uh, in the in the terms of like <clears throat> some of these mo uh, some of these costumes are very very common. So like in Pepecura, you can actually search online for like you know say Master Chief um, Pepecura, and you'll actually come up with like a, a download file that you can download and import right into Pepecura and and print out the entire armor. <laughs> Great! Wow. As paper, mind you. <laughs> so you'd have to have some way of like either hardening it with resin or. Um, uh, a lot of people actually use like if they're if they don't plan on using it for any length of time, they'll use like a, a wood glue. They'll mix wood glue and water, and they'll paint that on there, and they'll just keep painting it on until it gets glossy and thick and hard. Right. Um, and then they'll spray paint it and whatever, and they'll go online and they'll buy motorcycle visors to put in to get that nice to get yeah. that uh, that that look that you uh, you know with the golden globe sort of visor. Um, it's pretty awesome. But I mean, if you're into uh, if you're if you get into cosplay, I mean, there's a lot of YouTube uh, videos on how to how to kind of get started. Yeah, yeah. Because you were even looking at some of the, some of the stuff online even today. What was the uh, Full Metal Alchemist? What was that you were? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I was looking at uh, Full Metal Alchemist, and one of the uh, 
if you go to the Deviant Art website and you look for cosplay, you'll you'll see tons of the Full Metal Alchemist stuff. But Edward Elric's um, like auto mail arm, uh, a lot of people uh, have designed those and made those for costumes. Uh, and you know, if I were to do cosplay, that's probably like the first thing that I would start with. Yeah, you know what I mean because. I, I love Full Metal Alchemist. I think the the original series was just absolutely fantastic, um, and even the even the the, the Brotherhood uh, you know re roll of that is also very good. But I just think that like the auto mail is just such a cool thing, and it's right. not it's not like a full body piece, so you're not going to spend you know a year of your life putting this thing together and right. designing it. You know maybe you know maybe a couple months or whatever. So, but yeah, you can deviant art um, anywhere on YouTube. Look for that kind of stuff. There's even a, a tutorial on uh, Edward uh, Edward's auto mail on YouTube nice. on how to craft it out of like craft foam and rubber cement and uh, like they they sell this vinyl sh- uh, shiny material okay. that you can like spread over and it'll look sort of like steel. Nice, cool. Yes, yeah, so, and and as the popularity of cosplay costume play grew there was even uh the phenomenon in japan is actually really widespread to the point where it's actually influencing street fashion with a lot of the young kids and also there's even cosplay cafes yeah i think that was what we were looking at like like restaurant themed like i guess maybe have your dinner served by a a bleach character or or a uh, or Wolfwood. Wolf Wolfwood with the giant cross from Trigun, or maybe Vash the Stampede, uh, Naruto, Naruto, Naruto. I mean, that'd be. I'd almost want to start saving money now for a trip to Japan just to experience one of those cafes. I would have to say though, if I was going to do cosplay um, and like get real serious about it, I would probably the the character that I would do after I did like um, the auto mail. Is probably long shot of the gung ho guns from Trigun. Nice. Uh, he had that like crazy little mask with like the like the breather holes, and they had yeah. that like really like badass coat, like, almost a cowboy hat, but not really. And then that like three hundred meter like rifle. Yeah, yeah, he had the, the, like the mile long sniper rifle. Yeah, I don't. I think I'd probably. Oh man, I'd probably go a little bit more old school. Like I would love like an authentic looking Boba Fett armor. Like yeah. Full Boba Fett armor. Uh, that or... Oh, man. What would be another good one? Maybe got <clears throat> got a little bit more in shape. Maybe a, a full Snake Eyes outfit. Snake Eyes. Uh, but uh, oh, what else? Going back into anime, I'd probably go... I I love Wolfwood. Yeah, that would be... Uh, I think that the would tr- be... A- from the Trigun series, have the giant cross and just have the black suit with the, with the, with the bent cigarette. Hanging yeah, out always mouth. with yeah. the Ben cigarette. So yeah, so that'd be that'd be one of mine. But yeah, the detail and the craftsmanship for these are so incredible at times. So and I'm I I would imagine and what one of the things that you'll see is uh, because of the new Iron Man movies that have come out in recent years, a lot of Iron Man costumes. Yeah, like yeah. tons and tons of Iron Man costumes, yeah. all different too. Like you know, there'll be different colors or <clears throat> excuse me. In in some cases, like you know, they'll go for the War Machine look right. or. Or they'll kind of come up with their own variations. Or they, speaking of variations, one of the ones from a from a recent show a few years ago, I saw really simplistic, but it was really actually a really great idea. A guy, a guy walks into the on onto the convention floor. You know, short, black hair, the goatee. He has one of the more fitted, like long sleeve T shirts, and underneath his shirt, 
he had the glowing arc reactor from yeah. the movie. So like no armor, but kind of like the Tony Stark out of the armor with like the glowing arc reactor through his shirt. Did he have the circle or the yeah, triangle? Yeah, he had the circle from the, circle the, from, from the, fir- from the cool. first one. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Like, cause you see so many different, you know, armors, but that was kind of a nice touch. And that would also be like a, uh, I think a comfortable way to enjoy the convention as right. opposed to like being all suited up in like yeah. craft foam or like basically paper mache and yeah. some of these armors you just weighted down with it. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that or like even some of the ones we saw, uh, uh, so some photography, which actually in Japan, there's actually a profession of photographers that exclusively do cosplay, which is essentially, I believe the Japanese phrase is uh, kameko, uh, which is, uh, or it's kind of short for the camera kozu, which kind of means camera boy. And there's actual people that specialize in photographing cosplayers. And the one that we saw that, what was the one with the giant angel wings? Yes. It's like, how would you, you couldn't fit through the door. You'd have to put it on after you got to wherever you were going, but. That was just intense. Yeah, and then and then you'll see like online you'll see a lot of uh, like if you, especially on Deviant Art like some very professionally done uh, photographs of these cosplay costumes. But you'll see that they'll actually have special effects added to them. Like right. uh, I saw a character dressed up as uh, the Blue Exorcist character, like with the horns and right. the sword, you know, and the and the, they were wearing contacts to make their eyes look blue, like the like the demon eyes. Um, but like they had some after effects added where they added like the blue flames in the photo and to nice. the blade nice. so that it was, you know, so that it looked right out of the, you know, other than the person being a real live person, like it looked right out of the anime series. So, right. and there's a, there's a, there's an entire like, um, movement of this type of photography, people dressing up and then, you know, tweaking and adding the special effects to it. No, that makes, well, that makes sense. Well, with everything with, with Adobe Photoshop Illustrator, you'd almost be, you know, that's not surprising at all that they would go that extra mile and make it just as authentic as a photograph, as authentic as possible. So, yeah. So I think now we want to uh, take a little break from cosplay. Um, we've got LARPing coming up, but we wanted to talk about our T-shirt of the month, I yeah. think. Yeah, we have the T-shirt of the month kind of continuing in the theme of cosplay, well, most of like role-playing and like some medieval fantasy stuff. We're actually coming from the T-shirt, the... May t-shirt of the month is coming to us from the website welovefine.com. They do a lot of uh, properties, which like Pokemon, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Star Wars. But this is going to, the shirt is essentially pretty basic t-shirt design. But you have a wizard like summoning, summoning his arcane energy. And he's got the, the long hair and the beard, and he's summoning his his energy, and essentially with the with the caption below it, I cast infinite nachos. That's right, infinite and that, nachos. And that would be what that would actually that would be a spell I would love to learn as well. But that just and think that just fit with the theme of the show. Pretty cool. Check it out. We'll have the link in the show notes from WeLoveFine.com. I cast infinite nachos. Definitely check it out. And also, they have a, a great category of a catalog of other shirts as well. Everything from video games. Like I said, a lot of great Doctor Who stuff. Some Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe. So definitely, okay. May, May T-shirt of the month. 
I cast infinite nachos. We love fine.com. Yeah, we need a uh, we need to be able to cast the uh, I can eat infinite nachos spell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they always uh, yeah stay stay hungry, my friends. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's our T-shirt of the month. And then coming back now, going into the two-parter of the show, talking about cosplay originally. Now going into something parallels, not exactly similar, but a parallel to at least with the costume aspect of things, which would be live-action role-playing or LARPing, as the cool kids call it. LARPing, yes. And and Franz and I have experienced LARPing from a, uh, well, as a bystander. Well, a spectator point of view. Yeah, yeah. spectator's point of view, but yeah. Um, quite a bit. Uh, it is, uh, we definitely go to... Uh, Gaming conventions, we like to play the games, you know, right. like the kids do. T- tabletop stuff, um, yeah. So some Dungeons and Dragons, you know, maybe you know, maybe we'll uh, play a little Space Hulk or you know what have you. Yeah. Um, but at these conventions, there is always a large group of LARPers. Yeah, live action role players as as part of the as well, especially the Circle of Swords convention every spring in the Butler, PA area. They kind of, we kind of take over, the geeks, the nerds kind of take over the days in of Butler, Pennsylvania. And uh, part of the the events for the for the weekend is you have the tabletop games, but you also have a group that does the live action role playing. And they kind of take over the, the, ho- the hotel. And we've witnessed quite a interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really str- like at first it was really strange because we didn't know exactly what was going on. You just had right. a bunch of people like lurking around in corners dressed up. And talking crazy, right? You know that's that's what you uh, you know you hear at first, and then you're like, well, what the heck is this? So you start you know start looking into it, and you find out they're playing a game, um, right. with some very like they have characters. The basically they have the equivalent of a character sheet, um, but they memorize it all. Yeah, and they gain levels, um, they gain skills, things like that. Uh, they have uh, <clears throat> in most cases a simple resolution system uh, for determining outcomes. Uh, a lot of times they'll do rock, paper, scissors, or like they'll do a number variant system um, but modified by their skills and things like that. Right. Uh, I won't get into too much detail on that because I will bore myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the amount of detail that they go into creating these alter egos or like these these character personalities is pretty incredible. Right. Like if you were to stand around and listen to you know to a conversation, between uh, two LARPers in character, I mean, they go into really elaborate detail. I mean, they will talk about their parents and they'll talk about, you know, what they had for dinner the night before, things like that. Things that didn't really happen. Right. uh, But are built into this character's story. It's really impressive, I think. Yeah. And it's it's kind of an actor playing a role, if anything, and and kind of observing them and uh, kind of witnessing... How the game flows. I mean, you you see people like there'll people that'll 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 be forming alliances to double cross another player. I mean, it is pretty intense. It's kind of like a lot of the things that you do on a tabletop game with like you know like like the classic D and D character sheet and interacting with the game master or a dungeon master. There's not so much like a games master, maybe perhaps someone running the game more of like an advisory role. Yes. But you have the, these characters that are kind of like, it's all an open source, like open world where 
each character may have may have a goal, may have an ambition. You know, they they're they're looking for a specific magical item, or they need to to assassinate another character in game. And so it's pretty involved, and it's a lot of it seems like a lot of work and a lot of things that go into it. So it's actually kind of interesting to 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 witness. Yeah, and there are several different like variants of the game. One of the more common and more popular ones is obviously uh, the World of Darkness games, um, and they um, are all based on like werewolves, vampires, um, changelings, things like that. Um, more of like the uh, the folklore. Uh, genre um, and I think a lot of like that world of darkness stuff uh, we're starting to see really integrate into popular culture these days because of like all of those TV shows and like those movies Twilight and I think some of that had to have come from people that were LARPing playing those world of darkness games yeah. 10 and 15 years ago right well if, 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 if it's uh, anything like like Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman like playing Dungeons and Dragons and different worlds, they essentially created the, the Dragonlance series of novels based off playing a role-playing game. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past them at all. They also wrote one of my favorite series of novels, The Deathgate Cycle. Yeah, that's which right. Which is not based in the Dragonlance world, completely different, but it is probably one of the the best series of novels that you know that that I've ever read in the fantasy genre. Yeah. So yeah, so Maybe got <clears throat> some parallels with some crossover media coming from even the world of like live action role, uh, live action role playing, you know, to the point where we there's even videos you can see online. We're uh, reviewing, uh, doing some research for the for this week's uh, for this month's show. We have uh, people out in the woods at f the foam weapons. Yeah, they call, they used to be called boffers. Okay, um, like back in the day. I don't know if they still use that terminology or not, but. They are just wailing on each other with these things. Uh, one video we saw had this guy had this giant axe, and he had to be on stilts or something to make himself really tall. Yeah. And you just you'd see like this kid come running at him with like his sword and his shield up, and they just hit him with this gigantic foam axe and just like completely like knock him over. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. If we have if we can find the link, maybe we'll post that on the show notes. It's fun, and like the people get so into it, and they have the the different monsters. They even created a dungeon. Yeah, we uh we we saw one uh we saw one group that had created their own dungeon, and in the dungeon they had a beholder. So they took and they I, I don't know if it was paper mache or what material yeah. they did, but they made a beholder and they like put lights in where all the eye stalks would be, right? And like a big light for where the main yeah. eye was. Yeah. Really impressive. Yeah, yeah. And people that may not be familiar with beholder, think of just a giant floating head with tentacles coming out the top. Which are attached to other eyes, and like so there's, each one of those eyes like does something like it shoots like a death ray or a sleep spell or some other yeah. thing, and then it has a big giant toothy maw underneath the main eye in the center yeah, like of the a body. Single cycloptic kind of <clears throat> eye thing, but yeah. If you ever watched the uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, uh, it was one of the uh, in the intro uh, of the cartoon. It was one of the the main monsters. Uh, you can't miss it. It had a bunch of eye stalks that kind of came out of it looked like tentacles right uh and each one of them did something and they're horrible yeah yeah i guess in the realm of D D, they're pretty uh, pretty terrible to fight uh so yeah going into that was talking about some larping now i'm think 
I'm thinking we are uh, transitioning every every episode, every full length episode. We always talk through a little shout out to the the artist of the month, and this this month month of May, we're looking at the a comic book artist, illustrator, graphic designer by the name of Lauren Skinkiss, and I've known I've known Lauren. Uh, for a few years now, I mean, being a part of the uh, the comic book scene here in Pittsburgh, and I've always been a fan of his work, and it was kind of funny, kind of like nice happenstance that Justin came across his work as well and offered like, well, you know, we should check out this guy. It's like, oh yeah, I know Lauren. Yeah, like so, I was I was searching through like we we go through and we uh, you know look at artists in the Pittsburgh area, and sometimes we'll reach outside of the Pittsburgh area, and I just happened to be browsing through and I found Lauren's work, and I was like, wow, I really love this stuff. And then I emailed Franz. I was like, hey, do you think we could do this guy as the artist of the month this year, uh, you know, this month? And he's like, absolutely. I know that guy. So yeah. it, it was great. So he has a little bit of additional insight into uh, our artist of the month. Um, but I love, like, I, I when I was browsing his page, I love the, uh, the sort of, like, classic look that right. a lot of his work has. Um, yet it's it has, like, a retro feel, some right. of it. Um, and yet it still has like a modern day quality to it. I really enjoy his work. It's, uh, you know, we actually, we actually have, uh, some of his art just scrolling in the background right now right. while we're talking. Right. And like, there's just some fantastic, like he has done some, some fun stuff. Like right. he did a uh, Bergman about, yeah. about a Pittsburgh superhero. Okay. Um, he's done a bunch of other stuff like uh the electric owl yeah. which i love the look of the electric yeah owl. That, that kind of like that great like silver a golden age kind of pulp hero kind of thing and he's got a lot of great i kind of uh can describe it as kind of like my golden age silver age sensibility with like a modern twist because he can do like a lot of the straight very classic superhero like with the uh, the human figures in the proportionate, but he can also do the more the exaggerated cartoony style, comic strip style stuff too. So he's very, very versatile artist and can't speak highly enough of his, of his style. Uh, you can also, you, you can check him out. Skinkiss.com S K I N K I S.com for all of his work. You can find links to his you know, social media and different things like that. Uh, he has a bunch of great little web comics on there that I really enjoy, like right. the comic strip style. So yeah, go check out his website. Um, let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Drop him a line. Uh, he's uh, find him on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and and links to all of his uh, his Facebook, Twitter, you know, social media, so to speak, um, is all on his page. You can find right, it in the top right, right hand corner. Right, you can't miss it. Yeah. And so yeah, definitely our artist of the month for the month of May is comic book artist, graphic designer, illustrator Lawrence Skinkis. Check out his stuff. We love his stuff. Lauren, and uh, thank you for agreeing to be uh, the Artist of the Month here. Made sure to let him know, asked his permission, and he was more than enthusiastic about it. So, yeah, definitely great, great artist. Check him out. Skinkiss.com. And so, yeah. We're getting close to about time, but I wanted to talk about something that we're going to be covering in our next micro show. Yeah, the next micro show are every every two weeks we throw out a shortened version of the Distro One show. Uh, we're calling that the micro show. And yeah, what is coming up for uh, the next episode? Well, um, I was searching online and uh, you know me, I love Doctor Who, so I well, am yeah, so always, do I. Not the, yeah. I am always uh, scouring for new and interesting Doctor Who related stuff. And uh, I ran across a guy who went and mapped 
the TARDIS. The interior of yeah, the Yeah, not the exterior. Yeah, the interior. Wow. And so, um, next show, we're going to be talking about the maps of the TARDIS. Yeah, interior. So, a guy took, took it upon himself, you know, as the ship that is known as to be bigger on the inside than the outside. And I can't wait to see it. We'll hopefully post some images and see with some of his work, how he put things together. So, yeah, that'll be coming up in our next micro show. And also, you can look forward to now our new outro music. Yes, actually, pretty soon you'll be finding uh, the group, the Baltic Sea Surfers, will be playing us off the stage every every two weeks for the new episodes. Uh, we'll post some uh, links and different things to them coming out of Latvia, uh, far far away from uh, Pittsburgh. But yeah, these guys. These guys are doing some cool surf guitar stuff in the vein of Dick Dale and uh, the Red Elvises and different things. So, yeah, definitely, if you have a chance, check them out. That'll be our new outro music for the foreseeable future. And that's pretty much it. So, this was our cosplay LARPing episode. Uh, Please feel free to drop us a line. Let us know what you think, and if you have any any stories or any photos or anything of cosplaying or any experiences actually doing some live action role playing, drop us a line at distro one at randomdistribution.com. You can also give us a call at our Google voice number 412-204-7180. Yep. And uh, you can find us all on Tumblr, Facebook, Google plus Twitter, all the social media jazz. And uh, that is it for episode eight. Bye. We'll see you.